Are you ready to launch? Yes. Let's go. Welcome to Lawyers Who Launch, the podcast hosted by two law school besties who practice law and are now ready to inspire and empower you to take positive steps in your professional and personal life to find joy and fulfillment. Before we dive into this week's topic, we just wanted to take a moment to speak to those of you still in law school or recent law school grads. We remember vividly how overwhelming the time constraints can feel. Between reading, classes, studying, clinics, and more, it can feel stressful to also find the time and mental energy to devote to developing a strategic plan for your career beyond law school. We've taken our experiences as law students, attorneys, and hiring partners to develop an easy-to-implement networking course specifically designed for busy law students and recent grads. Networking is an essential part of finding, building, and nurturing connections in order to land your first job and build your practice as an attorney. The Law Student's Guide to Networking course is a go-at-your-own-pace course designed to walk you through the steps necessary to build your professional network. Whether you have a small network already or feel like you are totally on your own, this course is for you. This online course comes with video modules that will get you prepared to network and actually start networking in a way that will allow your hard work and dedication to shine. With the online course, we also have provided a comprehensive guide to assist you in your networking journey, as well as exclusive products to fill your networking toolbox. The pre-sale for the Law Student's Guide to Networking course launched last week. The course goes live on September 20th. Go to the link in our show notes or our website now, lawyerswholaunch.com backslash course to access this limited time offer now before it is over and secure your spot today. Hi, Haley. Hi, Amy. Today, Haley and I are going to discuss an interesting passage from the book Effortless by Greg McEwen. If you follow us on Instagram, you know that Haley read Effortless first and then recommended it to me. And I read half the book in one day and the other half the next day. It was so good. I have to shout out the she interviews for the book recommendation. And you can follow them on Instagram at the underscore she underscore interviews. They're a community of women providing resources through the connective power of story. So naturally, when they did a summer book club, I was in. And this particular book is one that I did not know that I needed until after I read it. And I was texting pictures of pages to Amy, and I shared at least one on our Instagram. I could feel myself getting energized and inspired when reading it, and I'm certain that I rushed right through it. So I definitely need to give it another read. There was one particular passage that spoke to me so much as an attorney that I knew we needed to bring it to the podcast. Are you ready for this? Go for it. Not everything needs the extra mile. I'll say that again. Not everything needs the extra mile. 
Now, Amy, that statement is hard for attorneys. So what did you think when you first read that? As a type A overachiever, when I first read the headline of the paragraph, I thought, well, he's talking to other people. But then I read on. He's not talking to other people. He's talking to me. He's talking to all of us. His premise is that going the extra mile doesn't necessarily result in a better outcome. His rule is being asked to do Z isn't a good enough reason to do Y. McEwen makes a clear distinction between going the extra mile for something essential versus going the extra mile in a way that's simply adding unnecessary superficial embellishments. If it's unnecessary, it's not essential. I think if we take that little piece that you quoted, being asked to do Z isn't a good enough reason to do Y, it's important to note that I think the alphabetical order of those things is very important because Z is the end goal. Z is the thing you're being asked to do. Y is the thing that comes before the end goal. And I think that's an interesting point as we continue on. But this rule also is not an excuse to do subpar work or the bare minimum. It's permission to stop overthinking and working on unnecessary additions to your task. I think a very common problem for lawyers is obsessing over the edit. It's so easy to get bogged down in trying to make every legal brief perfect. Certainly, you must look at the issue from every angle you can think of, and you want to make sure that you're not just highlighting the best parts of your arguments, but you also must answer the weak spots. But there comes a point when you just need to put it down. So I've learned over the years that I schedule myself for my best brief writing. I schedule a block of time to write the things like certification, statement of facts, and a proposed order. And then I'll set another block of time aside to write my legal brief. Once I get to the end of the legal brief, I read it one time, make edits, and then stop. I force myself to put it down. I have scheduled time in there for a break. I will then pick it back up again after some time has passed. And depending on my deadline, sometimes it is a few days. I can then come back to it with a fresh perspective and brand new edits. Usually once I work on it in this block, I then force myself to be done again. Now, this doesn't always work. Sometimes I do need to go back one more time, but I try to be disciplined with it. There are only so many edits you can do, and setting myself up with this schedule has made me a more efficient writer because I know I can get it done in the time that I've given myself, and I'm practiced at doing it. However, I will say this one caveat, then when I write an appeal brief, all of this planning goes out the window. I slave over it and it's a whole thing, but that's for another episode. I think all of our attorneys who practice litigation can relate. I do not practice litigation. So in my work, I apply this in a bit of a different way. When I'm in an estate planning meeting with clients, 
I need to understand the facts of their financial and health situations, while also asking probing questions to understand their planning goals, their priorities, and their wants. It's impossible to specifically plan for all the what-ifs and could-bes. And quite frankly, you do the client a disservice by trying to have them think about and imagine these infinite what-if scenarios. It's a much better strategy to understand their concerns and their priorities and address those from a more global point of view. By having them choose a fiduciary, a trusted decision maker, to make those specific decisions in those specific fact-sensitive scenarios should they themselves be unable to do so. Here, going the extra mile to try to forecast every what-if scenario is certainly unnecessary. It also can lead to the phrase that you really introduced me to, Amy, which is analysis paralysis. And this means that you get so caught up in trying to examine every option to make a decision, you stall and can't take any action or make any decision. Exactly. And at a certain point, making a good enough decision is better than making no decision. And that goes to one of the other points in this section of the book, that you can get so caught up in trying to do these unnecessary subtasks that you don't concentrate enough on finishing the actual task at hand. Again, it goes back to focusing on Y when really you need to be focusing on Z. This reminds me of something that you litigators say when you're prepping someone for a deposition. Answer the question that is asked. Don't give additional answers and certainly don't answer a question that wasn't asked. Yes, Amy, I'm so happy you brought this up, and I love that you thought of it. Um, Many times, all that is needed is the answer to the question, and additional work is not what is needed. Now, I have to say, when I read this section of the book, I immediately thought back to law school and all of the work we did trying to figure out how to do law school correctly. Our 1L year was trial and error on how to study, how to prepare for classes, everything. When I think of all of the time wasted that could have been spent doing other things that would have helped us avoid burnout and frustration, it really makes me think. And now there are so many more resources available to law students. There are courses and coaches and boot camps intended to teach you how to study for law school. When your whole grade depends on one exam at the end of the semester, the investment in learning how to study will serve you well. Just this week, we saw the Ladies Who Law School post on Instagram about academic strategies from the Warrior in Law program from Esperanza is Hope, who's also on Instagram. And we will link both of those in our show notes. Amy, you and I talk about this regularly about how much we would have loved to have a program like hers when we were starting law school. This is a program that focuses on the practical side of succeeding in law school, as well as the mental side of beating imposter syndrome. There can be a temptation to spend so much time preparing to study, 
by color coding or changing your note-taking system that you lose the forest through the trees. Like McEwen says in Effortless, you should be focusing on Z, studying to understand and apply the material in law school, and not getting caught up in Y, how your studying looks. If there's one thing to take away from Effortless, I really think that it's this, that everything does not always require going the extra mile. This is a great lesson for attorneys, and we highly recommend this book. But for law students, you can get a jump on this early and start working on this before you even become attorneys. So Amy, it's that time again. What are you going to say out loud this week? This week, I'm going to keep in the forefront of my mind, and I'm going to repeat, being asked to do Z isn't a good enough reason to do Y. What about you, Haley? What do you need to say out loud this week? This week, I'm going to take a little bit of a past episode and reference, again, the lazy genius Kendra Adachi. And remind myself that one of her principal tenets of the Lazy Genius Way is to name what matters. And I think that that goes really, really well with this about not having to go the extra mile with everything. So this week, I'm saying out loud that I'm going to name what matters so that I can then evaluate whether it's something that actually needs to go the extra mile or not. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. Give us a follow at Lawyers Who Launch on Instagram and check out our website, lawyerswholaunch.com, for more on our blog. Have a great day.